I wanted to just begin with uh, some really good news that came our way this weekend. Um, I'm happy to announce that Paul and Katie Graham have had a little baby boy. So we are so excited. Uh, we, we don't know the name yet, and that details will forthcoming. Um, but I just ask you to all kind of join me in praying for them for the next little while. We want to bathe them in prayer and continue to see them through the, the next few weeks for sure. So we're excited to hear God's answering our prayer, and we're excited to, to hear him answering more prayers as we continue as a family. So this week, I was walking through London, uh, through Hamilton, sorry, and I'm walking down the street, and I, I see this big, tall skyscraper building, and it has this kind of older look to it. And I don't know why, I just looked at it and I was like, oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful building. And so I stopped outside of it. Um, it's, it's actually the Piggott Building. And this was the very first skyscraper that was built in Hamilton. And so I was kind of outside um, and looking at it, kind of admiring it. And this gentleman that lived inside the building stopped. And he, I think he just saw that I was appreciating. He's like, would you like to come in and see? And I said, Yes, please. And so he kind of walked me through the lobby, and I was looking through the building, and uh, they, they refurbished everything, brought it back to its original form, and it, it just hit me, like the beauty of this building. And what really struck me was actually in the, in the lobby, before you even get in the front door, there was these stained glass. I don't know if you noticed this, but these are construction workers in the stained glass. And it just hit me. Because when I see stained glass, I usually expect saints, and construction workers are usually far from being saints, right? Is, I, grew, I was a, saint, a construction worker for a long time, so I know. And, uh, but it just, when, I, when it hit me, it, just, it, it really struck me with what we're going to be walking through for the next month together, and, and that's the art of Exodus. And it reminded me of the, the power of art and the power of construction, the power, the human creativity that God has placed within us. And the fact that God can use this, God can figure out how to take a carpenter and use him for God's glory or an electrician and allow him to be able to spark something for God's glory. So this week we begin the art of Exodus. I know a lot of you are thinking when you see the word art, you saw it in the kind of the, the newsletter, you're like, oh, you probably thought like this, uh, our child's going to theirs. Oh no. <laughs> when we think of arts, right? We're like, oh, that, that is different than work. If you, if you go into arts, son or daughter, oh no, will you get a job? Will you be able to work? <laughs> My wife went to OCAD, so I, I, I understand the angst that comes with that. Something in our culture is like, oh no, what are we going to do with the arts? And yet, the arts are one of the most powerful factors in our culture. Art and work might not go together naturally in our minds sometimes and in our culture, kind of have that prejudice. But another thing that doesn't go together is often uh, spirituality and work, right? We kind of think of it, we have a spiritual life, we go to church on Sundays and the weekend, but then we have our, our work is kind of a separate thing. We separate these two in a way that I think we forget that uh, just because we're going to our jobs, and we, and we don't, it's not unspiritual, just because it might be physical work or something we're labeling, we're working in, in, the, in the greater world, doesn't mean that it's not spiritual. And today and the rest of the week, I'd hope, I mean, the rest of the month, I hope that we're going to start to learn there's a connection between work and the Spirit of God and this thing that we call creativity or art. Just as God is a creator, we are created in his image, and thus we create and we make images. And the Holy Spirit loves to use things that we don't usually think of as spiritual. 
Things like woodworking and metalcraft and embroidery. God specifically tells us that the Holy Spirit loves to use these type of artists and activities, even to this day, for his glory. He uses our work for his glory. So I want to turn to Exodus 35, and we're going to make a connection between creativity, spirituality, and work. We're going to see that artistry helps us move from spiritual enslavement to cultural engagement. We're slaves maybe sometimes to the art of our culture. But as we create art, as we create in, in the presence of the Spirit, we start to see that we can be part of his reformation of our culture and the reintegration of God into our culture. But before I jump to Exodus 35, I want to take us back just to the very beginning of the Exodus, the actual Exodus proper. Just when Moses is about to leave Egypt, it says this in Exodus 12, 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. I think sometimes we forget the Exodus started because God said, Go worship me in the desert. All they want is a little time to worship God in the desert by themselves. And the whole thing came crumbling down when Pharaoh said no to that. So now he's like, okay, go and worship God. Take your flocks and your herds, as he was said, and go. And also, bless me. This is Pharaoh at his weakest. So just realizing he cannot compete with Yahweh. And the Egyptians urged the people to hurry up and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. And so the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed, and they asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. Hey, can I have that chain? And the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for. And so they plundered the Egyptians. It's a remarkable passage of what's going on. They've always wanted to leave to worship God. And now God said, by the way, when you're leaving, ask them if they'll give you some stuff on the way out. And so they do. Hey, how about a little gold and silver? Take it. Taking the chains off. Well, I think it's interesting. Some of these chains probably had markings of their gods, Ra, and, and all these. I imagine some of these were items that were probably blasphemous in a certain way. But what happens is the Israelites take these and it says, and so they plundered the Egyptians. When it comes to art and culture, this is a very famous phrase because Augustine took this passage and he said, you know what? I'm allowed to use my liberal arts education, all the, the training I've had in, in language when I, was, when I was in North Africa and when I was in Milan. I can take all this and I can use it to worship God. I can take the culture that I'm in and I can somehow take this and plunder this culture and refashion it and worship God with it. I can take the pendant marked to the gods of Egypt, and I can melt it down, and I can use it in the tabernacle of God. It's a beautiful picture of the philosophy of, as we as Christians, taking what we know in our culture, maybe it's like hip-hop or something, and using that and taking it, plundering it, and refocusing it to worship God. And so this is kind of the, the background for the passage we're going to hear God call two very specific people into this worship of God through the arts. In Exodus 35, all the Israelite men and women who were willing brought the Lord freewill offerings for all the work the Lord uh, was going to do through Moses. Now, this is uh, the next passage. I want to show you a picture here. This is the tabernacle. 
all the people bring their earrings, the stuff they got from Egypt, they've been holding on for a long time, they bring it to Moses and they say, here, we want you to build something to worship God. And this is what they're going to build, this crazy tent with golden candelabra, the Ark of the Covenant with the cherubim between it. And they're coming and they're giving of their own heart, their own volition, through their own generosity. Here, Moses, take this, and we want to worship God with it. Some of the stuff they had probably worked really hard to get. Put a lot of work, they finally had this. We want to worship God with this. They're giving a common task together. They are there to build the temple of God, or we'll say that for now, the tabernacle of God, the tent of God. And something that comes out of this to me is God cares about construction workers. God cares about the tasks of those who are in the art of building, creativity, whatever it is that God's placed in your skill set, God wants to use that to help build his temple. And then Moses said to the Israelites, see, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge and all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic activities. This is the very first time in all of Scripture you have explicit reference to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, coming in and filling someone up. And it's to make stuff. What's that? Remarkable? God filled him with the Spirit of God, and now he is set to start building the place of worship for God. This guy's an artist, an artisan, we'll say. Once the creative task of building this temple of God, the tent of God, is, is placed, then the Holy Spirit of God comes upon this person and fills them so that he can be empowered to accomplish the task. And Bezalel is going to be the, the captain of this team. He's the great-grandson of Caleb. Remember Caleb? He's one of the heroes of the Exodus. He's one of the 12 spies that actually says, let's go do this. I like the big grapes. Caleb is one of the heroes of the Exodus, and his great-grandson is this kind of unsung hero we don't hear as much about. He's in charge of overseeing every creative aspect of the building project. In fact, you know some of the stuff that he's he set to do. It's very interesting. There's, there's perfumes and fashion we're going to hear is going to be part of what, what God's filled these men to do. We don't really think of fashion industry as something that God uses or the perfuming industry. And yet somehow, this is all part of what God wants to be done with his people. We begin to learn that everything is spiritual. I'd say including your job. When we think of the Holy Spirit coming on someone, we think of like awesome sermons, right? Or awesome worship. People turning to, to Jesus through words. We don't usually think of the Holy Spirit coming upon people and empowering them to build things. To create 
through the talent that God has given them. He's filled them with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills. And hazarding a guess that some of you, he might have filled with some of these skills too. These are artistic designs. Very simply put, I would say that we have with Bezalel a designer, like a head designer. Like that term designer, it helps me kind of think about what it means to be a a person who's creative in God's world. Because we're not just creating from scratch. It's always like designing. We're taking things that God has given to us, God has made, he's created, and we kind of shape them. We design them to reflect God's glory. So do you have skills from the Spirit of God? Do you have skills that the Spirit of God wants to put his hands upon and use to worship him? Even mundane things like carpentry and stonework are part of the Holy Spirit's repertoire. Do you realize that when you tap into your work, if you let the Holy Spirit tap into the work with you, he's hovering with you over your work. Just like the Spirit of God hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation. We see it when we look at the name Bezalel. It actually means in the shadow of God. And I think of the, the shadow of the Spirit of God hovering over the waters at the beginning. We have this, the shadow of the Spirit just hovering over this man. Living in the shadow of light itself. Isn't that an interesting concept? The shadow of light. God hovers over him and he covers them with his spirit so that he can do what we would just call probably everyday work, day-to-day work. And yet here it is, the spirit of God hovering over them with wisdom and understanding and knowledge, all this intelligence that God gifts him with, the skills and the arts, all kinds of crafts, all sorts of creativity. It's not about just one thing. This is about the whole realm of work that God is blessing that God is infilling with his spirit. In verse 34, and he has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ashimach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Aholiab is the deputy architect of the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. All these various elements. He's, he's actually, it's interesting, his prime skill is actually embroidery. That's what he's famous for. Verse three, uh, chapter 38 says this, And with him, Aholiab of the tribe of Dam, an engraver and a designer and an embroiderer in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. So this man is a fashion person. He's used to creating beautiful embroidery and this is what the Lord wants to use him for. I was thinking about this and I just want to throw this out there to all of you knitters out there. Next week, if you show up with your knitting needles and you're in church, it's all good. Do it unto the Lord. I'm serious. It's an all called. Bring your stuff if you want I just, this, is a, this is amazing to me. If you wonder if your work has any spiritual component, 
Just remember that God filled an embroiderer. I don't know about you, I don't think of embroidery as like this huge industry. There's some cool, cool things that happen out of it. But, but this is what God wanted this man to do for him. Embroider. Not only did the Holy Spirit fill these men with these so-called like unspiritual skills, he had a vested, interested in making, a vested interest in making sure other people learned it too. And so he gifts them to also be able to teach, the ability to teach others these skills. It's almost like a little guild, a God guild. The creative spirituality is something that can be taught. You can go further. Uh, and I just want to put that into your heart too. If you have skills, maybe pass those on to others. Teachers can be recipients of the Holy Spirit of God's inspiration as well. If you're a teacher here, recognize. It's not simply teaching them about the Bible. It's actually just teaching them creative skills and arts. And the Holy Spirit cares about that. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that these are all being made for the temple of God. And I would say that we all have to think through, how can I use what I am skilled in in order to worship God whether part of his church family or other ways, but, but recognizing, how do, I, how do I lift this up to God? It's an important question for each of us to ask. But he is interested, the Holy Spirit is interested in using every single skill, every occupation, teaching them to others even, to ultimately see God worshiped. Even carpentry can bring God glory. Don't be misled. Whatever skill you have, it's connected to God. It's sourced from God. Whatever it is that you're good at or trying to be good at or want to be good at, that is ultimately in some way connected to who God is and, and how he's created you and created this world. There's a connection and so it says in conclusion in chapter 36, verse 1, and so Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Every single person that had one of these skills, God, the Lord, has empowered them to build his worship space. And then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given the ability and was willing to come and to do the work. Notice that willing. Are you willing to allow God to use your particular gifts and skills to worship God? We're given a common task together. The building of the temple. And we are, by the way, now the temple of God. The scriptures tell us like we're individually a temple of God, but also it says collectively we are each like a stone in the building, the temple of God. And because of that, each of us are to bring something to help offer and worship God with. And it doesn't have to be the classic stuff. It doesn't, you don't have to. Obviously, the musicians were very thankful for the gifts that they've been using. Help us in a very unique and special way. But whatever it is that you have, God wants to use that to worship and honor him, to bring him glory. Whether it's in the church context, at work, in the streets, 
That's who God is. He's a God who's able to use every single last talent. As a body of God, as a, as a body of Christ, we have both an individual and a corporate responsibility. We have our own responsibility to make sure that we are being used, but we also have a, a, a corporate responsibility. As leadership, we're responsible to equip you to use your gifts, and as a whole body, we're, we're responsible together in unity, use our gifts to bring glory to God. Isn't it awesome to know that you are the holy temple of God? And that he filled you and he's beautifying you from within? And I would say it's even awesomer to know that we can learn to do this together as a community. That we help sharpen each other's rough edges to help fit us each as a brick into the body. That he's creating a testament to who he is, his truth and his goodness and his beauty through us. Every act of work we do in living, you know, from taking care of ice that's freezing over on your sidewalk to being part of an engineering team, building a skyscraper. As we do this work as humans, we are actively creating with God. Now it's important, I think, to be like Belzazel, to be part of a, a purposeful, intentional corporate venture to publicly worship God. I think we need a, an expression of that in our lives. From all those who were helping up with setup today, communion, we are together working for the common goal of glorifying God. Now, there are uniquenesses to each of the, these arts. And we, we realize that, you know, to engage as a, a church together, we want to use the arts as well as part of this. There's a, a, a movement of, of crafts, the painting, fine art, sculptures, from, from golden candlesticks to Holderone and, and Handel's hits. All of these areas are part of what it means to worship God. That's why as a church we want to invest in our artists in special ways, putting your passion, your heart, your creativity into to work. Yeah, we need to see all of work as creativity in general. Each of us need to see this. For example, the work of raising children. That's a powerful, creative spirituality at work in that. One of the most important jobs. Bezalel had spiritual parents. He came from a family, a long line of spiritual lineage. And if he hadn't been taught, his grandfather was her, his grandmother was Miriam, Moses' sister. He was raised in a spiritual family and this creative work of his was all part of this community he was part of. He would not have been able to be useful to God in this way if he hadn't been part of this passing down. Now when you hear this, every job is creative spirituality. You're probably like, really? You want to test me, right? What about accounting? That has to be from the devil, Right? God made numbers. If you want to blow your head in a philosophy class, ask them which came first. Like, is, are numbers part of God or, or, or did he create numbers? And people say, well, he's one and he's three. And Anyways, math is spiritual. What about different jobs? What about sports? 
Yesterday was the final game between the Leafs and the Habs. I will accept defeat and now cheer for the Leafs for the next little while. You won. Are sports part of God's creativity? You ever heard of soccer? It's called the beautiful game. If you watch someone like Sidney Crosby on the ice and you watch her doing it with their bodies, you're like, this almost defies physics. This is like the top, if you watch the gymnastics or, or the Commonwealth Games, you start to realize this is such a beautiful thing. That job, yes, it connects to God, absolutely. So this whole jocks versus art snobs thing that we kind of grew up with in high school, that's kind of silly, right? I know so many artists who love watching the baseball game and so many sports people who love the theater. Right? They're, not, they're not as actually so far apart. So we tried to talk about what actually fits into, into the creativity of God. All of this is part of what it means to follow God, using your gifts. I was looking at the, the picket building. There's another slide. Um, of, and notice this one. There's a guy up on that. Oh, no, sorry, the, the one, yeah. So you have the, the one before that one with the saw. There we go. See? There's a saw there, but look on the far right. Who's that guy? He doesn't look like a construction worker. He's got his nice hat on, his suit, his paper. I'm guessing the architect. But recognizing the role that everyone has to play, whatever your role is, you can be in the stained glass too. I love this, the middle one there. It's like a photograph, but the stained glass on top of it is this weird modern kind of thing going on. But it, it reminds me of the potential of everyone to be a saint in the building of God, to be part of the stained glass of the church of God. Whether you're a business exec, a janitor, a teacher, a number cruncher, all of these gifts, the Holy Spirit wants to use to glorify God. So how are you at building the temple? Are you plugged in? Whether you're a designer or a deacon or a dishwasher, what is the Spirit building through you? How's the kingdom of God advancing through your creative living? If we're members of the, the body of Christ, we're responsible to be part of the temple. We're designing a way to help design and create our physical, mental, relational, spiritual space as we walk through our life. Let's come together as a community. Use our areas of wisdom and understanding. I just think about all the stuff that's gone into this, this week for me. Um, the, the graphics, Lauren Fowler made those, designed them for us for the first time. I was like, oh, thank you for that. It helps pull this together. Christy, as she's putting the songs together to help us think how, how to reflectively reflect on this. We, we have, in, in the back, by the way, there's a, a beautiful little creative space. I was gonna invite you at communion, if you'd like to, after communion, to go back there, and there's, there's ways of textile to, to kind of connect to God through, through sight and sound and smell, all the five senses, and Darren put that together. Think about, in the back, we have our technology team with Tim on the slides and John and Kelly on the sound. Like this is what we're talking about. We're talking about building the kingdom of God together. And so as you go off to work this week, I don't want you to think, oh, just another day. I want you to think, how is the Holy Spirit of God 
able to use me in this context to glorify him. Let's come together as a community, use our areas of wisdom, our understanding, our expertise, our skills, and work to see God's spirit visually glorified in front of our coworkers. Let's walk into those doors and realize that the Holy Spirit of God was with me and wants to use me just like he did those carpenters and embroiderers. How today, Lord, can I glorify your son? And so today as we enter into the space of communion, I just even look at the, the trays that we have. Someone made those to worship God. Don and the communion team brought the bread in. These bread was made by human hands, and now we're going to actually connect in a special way to our God by remembering the work that Christ did and how Christ took these, these just common elements, not very special, kind of ordinary, ordinary bread, ordinary grape juice. And he took that and said, I am using this to show the extraordinary love and grace of God. That Jesus' body is being broken for us. That his blood is being poured out so that we just be washed clean of all our sin. As we partake of this very ordinary thing, let us realize that there is Easter in the ordinary. There is the special realization of the power of who God is just through the humble offerings of our fellow humans, recognizing that God made human, did something extraordinary for us, and now we can connect with him in that special way through very physical, tangible elements. Let's pray. creator God, master artist, we glorify you. We thank you that we get to participate in giving you glory. We thank you for all the gifts that have been brought today to the table to allow us to worship you. And we thank you that it doesn't stop here. As we go to our work, we continue to worship you with the gifts that you've given us. Let us look at them anew. Let us see them as spiritual things. Let let your spirit take control of our gifts and allow us to show who you are. And so we thank you for the bread, for the body broken, for you sacrificing your life so that we may live. We thank you for the fruit of the vine, the fact that it represents that no matter what we've done with our gifts, if we've wasted them, whatever's happened, you washed us clean of that sin and you're, we're here standing before you ready to be used anew, Lord God. Would you turn us into beautiful stained glass windows in your holy temple? When people look at us, they see through us and they see your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.